0: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked. It is episode 411 of your favorite weekly Xbox show. Ryan McCaffrey with Brandon Tyrell. We got a lot to How'd talk you? about this week. Uh, the ESA apparently mm-hmm. making some big changes to E3. Uh, Ubisoft sort of uh, doubling down on their future. Commitment
1: to big open yeah, play Yeah, blockbuster spaces.
0: stuff. We'll talk about that. Gears 5 getting off to a great start now that it is released. The top selling games of August. Uh, We'll talk control, project resistance, and the game awards coming up on Podcast Unlocked. All right, my friends. Ryan McCaffrey here. Brandon Tyrell. Hello, hello. We're running the two-man game again. It's Nash and Stoudemire. The pick and roll. <laughs> okay. Yeah, seven yeah. seconds or less. Suns. Shout out the the last good era of Phoenix Suns basketball. It's oh, been a while. I'm
1: sorry. Arizona's just had a really rough time of it since, since forever. Yeah.
0: One professional sports championship in however many
1: combined seasons of Who it? that was the Cardinals. Oh, God,
0: no. They came that close. They came a a toe tap. uh, With Kurt
1: Warner, right? Oh, yeah. Way back in the day? Yep. Larry well, like Fitzgerald, fif- fifteen years ago, yes, yeah, score. when Larry Fitzgerald first entered the league, that's true. Yeah, it's uh,
0: <laughs> we thought he scored the game-winning touchdown, but no, the Steelers. Roethlisberger threw that ball right to the corner of the end zone. That tip tip.
1: Well, they earned it. I mean, car- this, karma is you know alive and well because Roethlisberger just had season-ending surgery oh, on his yeah, elbow no, like, this week.
0: Twelve years later, that really helps the Cardinals. I know,
1: <laughs> but at least it's a little.
0: Not really. I'm. I have no ill will towards Ben Roethlisberger for that.
1: You people do. <laughs> it's, it's fun. <laughs> Welcome to the sports cast.
0: We went to Metallica SM, and m We could talk about that. We did. No,
1: we're going to talk about video games. For an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so the beginning of their set, I was so a little we, unsure.
0: No. <laughs> no, we've got, man, it's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we got Miranda's out sick today. She Destin. just got
1: back from TGS.
0: It's, you know, it seems like it always happens to basically all of us. You get back from a big trip and your body just like, just gives up
1: yeah well it's a combination of you know con flu just eating so many interesting people and the germs that they carry um and then um when you can't sleep jet lag oh yeah jet lag got me really good in games yeah i know miranda was struggling yesterday yes
0: yeah i talked to her as well and then yeah destin's on assignment yeah marks slammed with some stuff so the bench was thin and it's everybody stuck with us.
1: Was it thin or was it just whittled down to the
0: best of the best? You, and <laughs> you mean me. me and you? <laughs> that's, that's not the bench. That's the starting lineup. There you
1: go. Uh, no, nah, anyway, we miss so, them. we hope uh, Miranda's feeling better and yes. we'll see Dustin next week.
0: Yeah. A uh, quick programming everybody. note for everybody. I've gotten some, some requests on this online on social media. We will do a gears five spoiler cast next week and we'll do it as the last block of the show so that if people haven't finished it or don't want to hear it you'll just we'll do all the news bits and then you can just bail and not miss anything else but we'll do spoiler cast next week cuz there is a lot to talk about with that video game with the Gears 5 video game yes
1: no longer Gears of War just Gears 5
0: for now we'll see, <laughs> we'll Rod, see Rod still happens. says it's the Gears of War Universe. Universe. So yeah. we'll see if they if they reclaim the I, of
1: war name next. I know time. we we did a segment on this like months ago, maybe a year ago. But I wonder if they dropped Gears of War in lieu of Gears Five for you know that uh, confusion with God of War G O W G O W. Yeah, you never know. Maybe.
0: Yeah, couldn't. That's and and <laughs> by the time Gears Six is coming around, God of War Two will probably be coming around. Verity. of Sony. So who
1: knows? <laughs> Just a, the sequel,
0: yeah, let's roll here let's with with some news. So I wanted to start with with this topic. so the, the the ESA, the Entertainment Software Association, they're the outfit that puts on E3 every year. That is their basically major point of existence is to put on e3. So there's a, a, a little bit of a leak here. Don't know for sure if if this is either necessarily hundred percent valid, but more so right. if it's actually
1: going to happen. It's grain of salt territory right yeah. now, for sure.
0: But uh, allegedly, the ESA is hoping to turn E3 2020 into a, quote, fan media and influencer festival mm-hmm. that would feature, uh, hang on, I got a word, I got to vomit a little bit. You,
1: you get it out now yeah. because it, it is going to stick in your throat.
0: Yeah, uh, Q-tainment,
1: as in Q
0: as in a, a line of waiting U-E- people. U-E-tainment.
1: Yep. Uh, and I hate a, the way that like I'm 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 not besmirching the idea. I hate that tagline. Oh, Qtainment.
0: It, it's as bad as uh, Apple trying to do slow fees. No. No. no, those are just slow motion videos, guys. Yeah, pointed at yourself. Yeah, that's,
1: <laughs> that's all it is. Well, yeah, that's the other piece <laughs> of that puzzle, I suppose.
0: But uh, yes, feature uh, Qtainment, in other words, entertaining. People in line as they wait to, to see to play demos of games, and a Disney FastPass style system. So this is reported by GameDaily.biz. Hat tip to them. The ESA's plans were revealed in a pitch deck intended for the lobbying group's members that was in, uh, inspired and in response to feedback from publishers. So mm-hmm. the very people paying fortunes for the booths at E3. Yeah, this yeah. is allegedly in response to direct feedback from the publishers. The ESA proposes that influencers and paid celebrity deals become more of a focus with examples including, quote, members of the Los Angeles Lakers basketball team playing a basketball video game in front of fans or actors competing in a tournament, Mm. end quote. As for those attending the show, the ESA membership approved adding an additional 10,000 gamer badge holders, in other words, attendees. This would bring the total number of consumers to 25,000 at E3 and would potentially lead to an industry-only day on the Tuesday before the public gains access on Wednesday and Thursday. These 10,000 gamer badges, gamer badge attendees wouldn't make E3, of course, anywhere near one of the biggest shows in the world. We all know that... Uh uh, gamescom as which you can personally attest to from having just lived it yes is uh dwar- lit- like
1: literally dwarfs literally five times the size yeah. of it yeah
0: yeah uh, 66,000 people at E3 2019 to 373,000 at gamescom yeah uh, the plans also propose that a Disney fast pass style system be implemented that would allow users to quote register for demo a demo time window and come back later to avoid waiting hours uh, for a time at a time for a single game, so
1: what do you think here, my friend? Uh, <clears throat> so there's a lot to unpack here, yeah, there's a lot of different pieces to this this proposal, and again it it might not come to pass. this is lots of ideas are thrown out every single year, and um sometimes they stick, but you know there is a little bit of credibility that can be lended to this because the e s a has been moving in this direction for a few years, you know last year they Opened up, I think, 5,000 more badges Mm -hmm. for fans. And then this year was about the same, I I believe. Um, On on the surface, I'm totally fine with this. I think this is good. Uh, I've been really wanting a media day for so many years um, just because the way that it works right now is Tuesday morning is generally you get a couple of hours for media.
0: And that's only from a recent development in the last
1: year or two. Yeah. It used to be everyone, like the doors open and you just kind of run. You know, it it might sound like bemoaning and and groaning or anything, but it's difficult to get, like if you, if I book an appointment for 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. as soon as the doors open, um, it's tough to get to there when you're like waiting through lines or, or you have to stand in a line um, you know, that takes an hour to get through because everyone's getting their bags checked. Yeah, you badges. entitled games media guy. That's, that's it, it sounds like that, but it's not really because we have to get to these appointments in order to do our job. Like, very true. if I don't make my first appointment of the day, and generally the way that it works, speaking as the person who scheduled E3 this mm-hmm. year, is all of your big ticket, big hit items are first appointment, first day. They're the top so, priority because so, we want to yeah. get them on IGN for you guys as soon as possible. Absolutely, like the expectation is... I'll send Ryan to go see Avengers uh, at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, or whenever the doors open. It's been, it's only been like three months, and I already remember. <laughs> well, they've nothing.
0: they've changed the times. Uh, it, they've, been,
1: it, they've been playing. It with fluctuates. It. I believe it was 9 a.m. for media, but I'll send Ryan to see Avengers first thing on Tuesday morning. And the expectation is he's got something up and written on the site by one or oh, two yeah. in the or afternoon. Earlier, yeah. yeah, or earlier if you can. So. Generally, we send them to see the big thing first, uh, like very first slot in the morning, and then I don't book you for the next three hours so you can get back to the war room and write that up. Yeah, Um, that would be uh, or this proposal would alleviate some of that sort of crunch with a media day where, you know, I can send multiple people to see multiple things. Um, and then not have to worry about space filling up or getting from one place to another. So I love the idea of a media day on Tuesday. Um, I'm also totally, I, I really, really like the fact that they're adding more badges for fans because it's an experience that most people don't get to you know, attend and, and gaming is bigger than ever. So there are more people who would love to be at the epicenter of that. Uh, so 10,000 gamer badges is not anything yeah. to worry about, at least in our line of work. I know there's a lot of like, oh, uh, you know, you, you go on Twitter and you see the the game games media sort of be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't even get through the hallway. But E three is nothing compared to Gamescom. <laughs> if you see those pictures of Gamescom, where it's just uh, an entire hallway and a big hallway, like fifty, oh. sixty feet across, oh, sure. shoulder to shoulder with people, and you have to get from point A and point B is about a quarter mile down. Um, that's difficult. But ten thousand is, I think, it's a good sweet spot. You know people yeah. get into see stuff and you you know it, it doesn't really get in our way too much.
0: I'm totally with you. I mean, I think this is the direction that I have wanted to see E3 go for a while. TGS does it this way where they have uh, a media day or two, I can't remember if it's one or two. And then they open up the gates to the public and you can you charge them you charge people to to get for attendance yeah. and you monetize it and that helps, you know, that'll help the ESA fund it and help the publishers with their take recoup their costs for the extravagant booth setups that they have and everybody can win and this can continue to be a big profitable event. And cause the, the more gamers you have there, the more, the more, naturally the more attention is going to come to the event. I mean, that's just, that's just basic. When you, when <laughs> you say more
1: basic than that, when you say it helps the publishers recoup, you mean sort of that grassroots marketing by just getting more people hands on. No,
0: I mean stuff? the, if they're getting a piece of the, 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 the gate fees. Is that how it works? Uh, I would hope so mm. that it's not just the ESA pocketing
1: everything. Yeah. I would imagine it's that you I, think so? I, I would imagine that publishers pay for the opportunity to um, get access to the ESAs sort of audience that they bring in, you know, 60,000 strong, so I, I would imagine that that is the value you spend or you get for spending a hundred thousand oh. to two hundred thousand dollars on a massive booth. Like Ubisoft's booth is two stories tall, right? And it's the size of a small city block. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you Sony, might Sony Microsoft right. same way.
0: I mean, I guess either way, it's sort of uh, th- the point is it's the event can pay for itself, sure. whether that's you know whether the publishers are still part of the people or, are, or, are or one of the people investing along with gamers for the, for the Dorfee, but it can help E3 survive and thrive. Yeah. Cause we've seen, we've been down this road before, uh, what, 11, 12 years ago when E3, everybody decided E3 is
1: too expensive. It was at a, screw a, it. We're not a doing a gaggle of hotels in Burbank.
0: <laughs> and, uh, it was an airplane hangar in either Burbank or Santa Monica. Uh, and then a series of hotels and it just yeah. and, and it just the event it was a it was just like it, a, a fart in the wind basically as mm. far as the mainstream mm. press is concerned. Yes. Whereas, yeah, yeah. whereas you know with E three USA Today covers it. You know all it's, major mainstream it's outlets. It's mainstream. Yeah, it is a big moment for games. And
1: we see that with with us too. Like you know we are we are still considered niche or a trade um, site or an outlet publication. Um, but even like when E3 comes out, USA Today comes by and interviews yes, IGN true. and CBS comes by I was CBS on, I out, was on uh, NBC. some, I don't even remember what
0: network, I think ABC, I, I did some was CNN, thing. wasn't it? <laughs> no, I, I actually can't even remember. They were very nice. Yeah. I yeah. just don't remember which network it was, but yeah, we, we get the, I mean, that stuff happens yeah. to your point. So
1: E3, E3, E3 is like sort of, at least for us, it's, it's the one time a year where like the doors to mainstream media open. Yeah. Um, and so just in and of itself right there like that is that is value for the industry right that's that's a service e3 provides yeah you can go back and forth about you know how relevant is e3 these days anymore and you know what value is is there to it um there are still opportunities for access to games that we just don't get throughout the year at e3 very true right? everybody everybody builds up they get that vertical slice nice and hot and out of the oven uh and they send it on down to LA and that's really you know where where we get a lot of our mid-year coverage. Absolutely. From. Um, I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's, even with the, you know, this focus more on fans and influencers and, and whatnot, there are still hundreds of press events throughout the year that, you know, we fly out to, or we make the trek to. Um, but E3 is really, it has cultural relevance as sort of the epicenter of video games in North America. Uh, I mean, it's, one it's, time a year.
0: It's our Super Bowl. It is our Super Bowl.
1: I'd like to think the Super Bowl is my Super Bowl, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, just speaking as a football fan, <laughs> but you you already see this with Gamescom. Like, Gamescom already has a media day. Gamescom is very much geared toward like 90, 85% of the attendance at Gamescom is fans. So, mm-hmm. and granted, that serves all of Europe, and e, uh, E3 E really only serves US, like North America, but right. there's, a, there's a large portion of. Mexico and Canada they don't make it out for that show.
0: But I just yeah, I just think it's this is it makes a ton of sense to have the media, have yeah. the industry day, let the business happen and then uh and then bring in more fans and make it cuz it, it when I I mean I'm going to date myself I mean, don't for, do the, it. for the for the 7000th time but Don't do it. uh CES was the the closest thing to E3, like CES in in uh, Vegas, mm-hmm. was like where yeah. games went to get showcased. um a, This thing keeps floating you got, away. You got a drifty it. mic going. Yeah, on it just here. keeps the mic. The mic arm is where's not, the, not wanting screw? to play nice. Oh. But here, this is why. anyway, you got me. Thank you. um Little on-site mid mid-show it? tech sport. Yeah, I think we're good. But anyway, and good. it's like I would read EGM and I would just like, oh
1: man, I would love to go there and just see all the new games. So, you know, this is back when you were just just a little McCaffrey, just a little tyke. Just a, yeah. just a gleam in your eye That's and- right.
0: But but that's a you know, it's I would love for more gamers to get the opportunity to yeah. go to E3 cuz it is an experience. It is fun. I still love going every I I'm so privileged to get to go every year as part of my job that I'd love to have people be able to come and more gamers come and see you know, what Microsoft's got going on, what Sony's got going on, what Nintendo's got. I mean, it's, it is, it is an event and yeah. it is fun to be there. Like yeah, it's, absolutely. You're in the, it's, it's a circus. It's you're a in the circus. eye of the hurricane. Yeah.
1: Right. Like, you know, it's and, and it's I, just fun. What I will say is, is if this is the direction they're going, then I am not a hundred percent against the cutainment because think about E3, the structure of it, right? Once you're in the event center, you have West Hall, South Hall. Yes. Those are the two big, um, um, Exhibition. Ex- thank places. you. I was going to say expedition, and that wasn't the word I was looking for. <laughs> well, and those are the two. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, also. <laughs> uh, those are the two big uh, exhibition halls. So you wander around there. Uh, and then, you know, there's some stuff in the concourses and the hallways between them, and a couple of things in the lobbies to see. And there's a lot of stuff. Some meeting rooms it's, upstairs. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of like pop up tents and stuff outside. I know mm-hmm. Sony always does like an MLB thing right in the very front. Oh, yeah. Um, but by and large, if you're a fan attending that show, once you've sort of scoured and stood in line in both exhibition halls, there's not a whole lot to do for you outside of spending $12 on a mediocre hot dog or nachos. Do
0: not eat at the convention center. Uh, just the, trust me on this.
1: The trucks in the back are the far superior yeah. option. You can get just brisket nachos. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm hungry now. But
0: um, but no, this every year, like, okay, Nintendo tends to... Focus on one big thing every year has been what they've been doing
1: in sure, recent they, years. They have their lead game:
0: Breath yeah. of the Wild,
1: Odyssey, yeah.
0: Pokemon,
1: whatever it is. And every year I see it. I see people. Was it Pokemon this year? Uh, because they always, they always, it, Nintendo always decorates their booth to fit the theme of their lead game. Yeah. I thought it was Animal Crossing. Was it Pokemon? It might have been.
0: Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, every year with Nintendo, where they've got their big signature thing, there is a line to see it. That is so long. It goes to Burbank. <laughs> it goes. It basically it it effectively becomes almost an all day line. Like if you're at the back of that line, that's all you're going to be doing all day is waiting to see that one Nintendo thing. And hey, more power to you if you've got the the willpower and the the desire. To just because I mean, yeah, it's man seeing Breath of the Wild early in yeah. 2016. Like how cool that opportunity is. But yeah, if if they if there's a fast pass system and some and that's cute, uh, cute uh, inline entertainment. There it is. Uh, that's- <laughs> and that's, that's a good thing. You like go skits, get to see some other stuff and have some more fun besides just, you know, I mean, hanging out in line can be fun. You can make friends with people in line and be chatting, you know, sharing experiences and talking about, uh, you know, your common interests, but it's, it's better if you can go off and see other things too.
1: Yeah. And that's really what it is. Like going to E3 as a fan is like going to Disneyland where you decide that you want to ride Indiana Jones and you get in line at nine and you get on the ride at 1230. Right. So I do really love the idea of a fast pass. I'm very curious what the cutainment portion of this is because if it's something that publishers are pushing for, how does that, how does that translate to the experience? Right? Like, you know, you're going to have members of the Lakers, you're going to have, somebody playing NBA 2K over at... Uh,
0: Lavar Ball will come yell at you or, about, no, his, about how yeah. the Lakers aren't playing his son enough. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Buy big brawler brand shoes!
1: <clears throat> no, I'm just waiting in line. That is a disaster, if you've been following that story. Anyway, um, so I'm curious what that looks like because, you know, that'll be at the uh, Take-Two area. So, like, what does Ubisoft bring for cutainment right and if they're f- making the focus more on influencers what does that mean does that mean are the influencers are the inf- <clears throat> excuse me are the influencers there to serve the fans like i could see ubisoft being excited about bringing an influencer in because when the influencer is in line for ubisoft's booth that is a draw for other fans to come right and see them but i'm, I'm just kind of curious how it all shakes out theoretically right yeah but either way i think Making it a more interactive and engaging experience for the people who actually pay to go to this thing are is is just the right way to go. Yeah,
0: totally with you. Hope to see these changes happen, and, and hopefully, E three will continue to evolve and improve and find you know because it has to. You know, it's yeah. we've seen it the last couple of years. There's, you know, the major publishers, including Microsoft, the, you know, they they're t- not even on the they show s- floor they anymore. Said they took one foot. They put one foot out the door last year. Two years ago. Well, and this year, they they or they were totally not there.
1: Well, they've always been at the uh, not the Palladium. Not always. What's what's the the big?
0: Oh, you mean over at USC?
1: Yeah, the yeah, theater yeah, yeah. down there. Uh,
0: but but the still they still had everything in their booth on sure. the show floor. Yes, they This do. year they well they've... moved entirely next door to the Microsoft Theater.
1: Did they buy that last year or this year? I can't remember.
0: I believe to this year was. They still had the booth last year, even okay. though they had. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: Anyway, yeah. So it, it lends credence to the idea that like E three is not serving the publishers anymore. It's right. too expensive for them uh, for the return on investment, which is why Microsoft bought a theater. You know, they.
0: I, I well, I, it was the Nokia theater. It was the Nokia theater. <laughs> they bought, Microsoft they got owns a free Nokia theater of, out of buying a
1: smartphone company. Yeah, right. Um, and then just Wind, and then Windows Phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Microsoft. Uh, anyway. You know, they bought a theater now, they're completely off the show floor. EA has been at the Palladium for several years, three years. To, this was a third year, three or year. four, yeah. Um, so they're out of pocket now as well. Like, the ESA, and Sony didn't show the and Sony, like, didn't even see the, the, the need to show up, yeah. So, the ESA does need to do something to bring those publishers and first party back. And I wonder if these changes are, are turning it into more of a spectacle or is what's going to bring them back, yeah. So, I don't keep
0: know. an eye on this. Uh, also. Yes, say if you could if you could just not leak anyone's personal information from now on. That'd that be would great be too. fantastic. Uh, okay, also, so also
1: Viva la Media Day. <laughs> next
0: up, you know I've talked a lot about how badly I want a new Splinter Cell game,
1: and I well, yeah, you won't shut it. up about it. But finally,
0: finally, I'm going to shut up about finally. <laughs> it. I've decided I don't. I no longer want a new Splinter Cell game. Well, let's.
1: Yeah, let's not jump to conclusions, (laughs) but we can Uh, do a a pretty healthy hop.
0: (laughs) Talking to gamesindustry.biz, Ubisoft CEO Eve Guillemot said no to the question of if the company would ever return to games on the scale of Assassin's Creed Unity, in which the main story can be completed in around 15 hours. Uh, as opposed to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a 60 plus hour role playing game, Then confirm. And he says, "Yeah, you reviewed it." Uh, "Quote: Our goal is to make sure you can have a unity within an Odyssey," said Guillermo. "If you have a story, if you want to uh, have quote. a story of 15 hours, you can have it, but you can also have other stories. You live in that world and you pursue what you want to pursue. You have an experience, many unity like experiences, and There's a whole
1: lot of." A whole lot of jargon.
0: I mean, Ubisoft has been a publisher that's absolutely embraced the open world oh, genre. I mean, there's no 100%. question. Percent, yeah. But they've also still made games like, I mean, uh, South Park. The uh, the first one was twelve hours. The second yeah. one was twenty something, but still not gargantuan, yeah. right? They've they've made uh, Rayman, you know, which is not a. A, a 60 hour game.
1: And I, I mean, start looking back a little farther. Even you have uh, like the reflection studio that does a bunch of cool stuff. Child of light, right. Grow home, grow up, grow home. Uh, and then even before that, I think they published call from Teclan. Like you have all these and they did, they did a free to play uh, fighter called based on the Sparta or um Spartacus brand. Oh yeah. You remember when that I was on stars? I hadn't thought about it since Spartacus you- Blood and Sand. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, they they have a great track record for like doing cool little things. And I'm I'm disappointed if if what this means is that they're doubling down on their Assassin's Creed, watchdogs, ghost recon The playbook.
0: blockbuster stuff. Yeah. Seems like to be tent, what
1: this is aimed at. Their tent stuff. Does that mean that now Reflections becomes a support studio on those uh, franchises? I really hope not, because man, there's a lot of really cool little stuff that a publisher like Ubisoft has been taking chances on that you don't see from a EA or, or an Activision. Yeah,
0: you know? I mean, what what this what I hope this means is okay. If if the if their AAA blockbuster games are are going to be in this mega mold, well, that either means Splinter Cell's going to a smart designer and design team is going to have to figure out a way to make Splinter Cell happen within that and still make it amazing or Splinter Cell's just a, a smaller scale double a project with not as many, not as much of a budget and it can be its own true little self without having to fit into this. So I'm not sure which of those fates I would prefer. And maybe for, all I know It's not necessarily a zero-sum situation. No, I don't think it is. But, you know, I'm not sure. I I don't like either of those on their own. I would, I would.
1: (laughs) If and when Splinter Cell's ever going to come back. If I'm putting money down on this, I would put it on the fact that Eve probably took this question on a earnings call or whatever and was speaking toward their tentpole franchises, saying that we don't have any interest in making an Assassin's Creed smaller than especially, I mean, I, I, I rated, uh, Odyssey the highest of the series, right? I gave it a nine <clears> two. <throat> I also think it's arguably the best in the series and I wasn't alone. There was a lot of really good reaction oh, to yeah. that. And, and so seeing the positive reaction from that, um, I don't think Ubisoft steps back from that direction. Sure. You know, there's talk about the next one being what, uh, Norse, right? Viking. Yeah. Vikings. Um, so again, you're talking about a a game based on seafaring people, uh, that raid and pillage and plunder along, you know, Europe's (laughs) coast and America's coasts. So how do you shrink that down to a 15 hour campaign? You don't. So there, I I do think they're doubling down on these tentpole franchises. Yeah. I don't think that's going to translate to them not taking chances or, or not doing smaller scope stuff. I sure hope you're right. It makes sense
0: because yeah, I mean what, what would concern me about this is that, Oh, Of Ubisoft saying, oh, well, okay, any game we're going to invest 30, 40, 50 million dollars in, which is what it can take to make a a triple A game, then it's got to fit into this large scale. You know, we're going to measure it in gameplay hours. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see that, you know, because it doesn't have to be that way.
1: So, what Um, do you want them to measure it in? Schmeckles? Schmeckles?
0: I want them to measure it in what makes sense for the game. You know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's a, you know, uh, uh, a control where it's a 15 hour, you know, super awesome narrative campaign. Great. That's,
1: that's a really good point. Like we get those shit comments and all the, sorry, we get those comments all the time about how, you know, great game, but, Oh, it's only eight hours. It's like, well, you know, my why not spend $60 on something that I can play for 60 hours? It's like, well, because those experiences aren't one-to-one. Like, no. You know, a 100-hour Assassin's Creed Odyssey campaign, you know, after you've done everything, is, is a great experience, but so is something like Hellblade, which is a six- to eight-hour experience yeah. that is totally different, but I think equally as valuable. Yeah. Right? And who knows? I mean, he said the goal is to get— your unity experience in assassin's creed. So maybe you'll get your splinter cell in the next assassin's creed. You just, maybe you plug in and become Sam Fisher.
0: (laughs) That's, that's who's in the, uh, the animus. It's Sam. Yeah. It's Sam. And he's going back to his, his, his ninja stealth ancestors. Yeah. in you know, Viking times. (laughs) Oh man, it's a lot harder back then.
1: (laughs) wear my night vision goggles
0: oh man so
1: i don't know what sam fisher
0: so we'll see what happens but ubisoft's uh right from the top of the organization saying we are going to stick with big broad experiences and try to have have them be so big that they're cool smaller experiences within those so the russian nesting doll of triple a video game
1: development give me another call of war as like gunslinger please I don't actually think they'd even be involved because I think they were just distributing or publishing for Techland. But there was that bit of news yeah, that came right, out yeah. where the Call of Juarez brand congratulated uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 when it launched and said something like, see you soon or something like that. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, so excited. Because Call of Juarez Gunslinger is a fantastic video game if you haven't played it. Um, but I don't know that Ubisoft would be involved. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, Ryan, is...
0: You want another Call of Juarez? Gunslinger. Too.
1: Okay. Gunslingers. Gotcha. Back with you. Back and better than ever.
0: Sam Fisher is
1: the <laughs> gunslinger. gunslinger.
0: Uh, all right. Gears Five, meanwhile, speaking of blockbuster games, off to a really great start. Microsoft issuing a press release saying, "Quote: Gears Five kicked off the holiday season strong, attracting over three million players in its opening weekend and setting new records for Xbox Game Pass with the biggest launch week of any Xbox Game Studios title this generation." The performance easily doubled the first week's debut of Gears of War 4 and made Gears 5 the most played Xbox Game Studios title in its first week since 2012's Halo
1: 4. That makes sense. Does it? Certainly isn't going to be (laughs) Halo 5.
0: Well, that's the thing. And that's kind of what I want to get. It's like, that was the first thing I went, wait, what about Halo 5?
1: Oh, I see your notes.
0: But it would make sense uh, because. Five came out fairly early in the console cycle. You're right, yeah, They're just the installed base wasn't that big. Game Pass wasn't out there. I mean, granted, it wasn't out there for Halo
1: Four as well. But, but you also had the most prolific console of that generation, the 360. Yeah, and that's at
0: its it, it, at its installed base peak. Right, Halo Four came out at the tail end of the the 360
1: generation, so. serving serving both of those audiences. Yeah,
0: you had a lot of people checking out Halo four but yeah doubling up gears four as far as that engagement goes which again I think is a function of a couple things I mean I, know, I, I do want to give credit where credit's due to the coalition and oh
1: I mean you have to make an awesome video game in order to
0: right both but not just five but four which they did a great job on had to be excellent in order to continue continue you know to, to bring to help bring people into five like yeah. you know if four had been bad it'd be like well yeah the last one was terrible I'm not gonna bother even sure Game passing this, forget it. Yeah. So you know, Coalition's done a great job with the franchise, but um, yeah, it's you got the the Xbox is completely... You know, it's it's they've dug themselves long ago now. They've long since dug themselves out of the early generation hole they were in. I mean, even the we've talked about it a million times. The the box doesn't even look the same anymore. Oh like, no, they've, it's, they've it's- completely erased. They threw away rural, the playbook history. and like
1: yeah. wrote something new. And yeah. it's, it's a shame that it took three years to get there for <clears throat> oh God. How long has it been? A while. It's been a while. It's a shame it's took that many years to to get to where we are now. And had they come out with this foot forward, who knows what it would look like. Right. But, um, I'm optimistic now moving into the, you know, the next generation with the, the sort of turnaround that they've made and the strides that they've made. Yeah. And I think, you know, to bring it back to gears five, I think continuing to have strong first party titles like this um, is what they're going to need to build that momentum going into next generation. And we'll, we'll hear about it next year. Right? Absolutely.
0: So, so kudos to the coalition. Uh, great job. The game is excellent. My final review went up by the way, Yeah. Uh, combining my campaign review and uh, Miranda's multiplayer review with an assist by Mitchell Saltzman, who really who did a, a nice, cool deep dive within the review yeah. about the the microtransaction situation. Oh, cool. with uh, with Gears Five. So a really nice team effort, and ended up you know it's not math. We didn't just average the scores. That's not you know it's it's art, not science. But that doesn't make sense. It's you're just gonna have to <laughs> you're just gonna have to live with it. <laughs> I'm when, I went advocate. with a went with a 9.0 for the final score. Right I on. just feel like you know I gave I've given Amazing. the campaign. Yes, I'd given the campaign an eight point eight because I, you know, I just didn't quite. F- when I think about when I'm reviewing a game, and I, you know, we have our review scale and it is what it is, whether you like it or not. I, I think about the word. Yeah. You know, we define each each number, and of course, that number has a ten point range within it: nine point one, point two. But you know, a nine is amazing, an eight's great, a seven's good, and and on down the line Things is
1: okay. Five is mediocre. Four is bad. Three is
0: awful i think so and i don't even i can't even tell you what two and one are because yeah i don't
1: i've never used them uh, lowest time lowest i've ever given was a three
0: yeah i was in the threes for uh, i believe my first review here Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was steel battalion uh the the connect one which i think was called line of contact the one that was it was the hybrid (laughs) line
1: of contact
0: for 360 (laughs) which again on paper it was such a great concept like okay is this it's, the one
1: with like this the custom controller no, that you that, could was buy? The that was the for original for the
0: and that was for the original Xbox? It was two hundred dollars, and you got the that good lord. The, it was the, I'm telling you, the controller was most of the size of my
1: half of the table here. Yeah, no, I remember it. It was a, and, like a Mech Warrior controller yeah, with multiple with like
0: two sticks on it and then a, a, a three pedal foot pedal box. Jesus, uh, and four there were forty buttons on it including that super awesome you had to flip the cover up and hit the
1: big red eject button. What are you going to do with that after you beat the game?
0: You I hold g- on to it and it's
1: like it's a it's a and then, gaming history. It's Yeah, like, you hold on to it and they never make another game that uses it.
0: They made an online multiplayer follow-up. So they did give you one other reason okay. to uh, to use that controller on the original Xbox. Well, I suppose
1: NASA could always borrow it. <laughs>
0: That's true. But anyway, um, Yeah, I gave a, a that the, they brought Steel Battalion back again on the 360 with Connect. Was that the XBLA one? No, no, no. It, this was it was a full regular retail price game, and it was uh, you use the the game pad, but with the Connect, you use the gamepad to do main controls, but then you would use Connect uh, gestures to do other things within your your VT, your vertical tank, your mech. So you'd you'd stand up to I think. Uh, If I remember right to like to look out of the sort of periscope thing with the, you know, just with the controller in your hand, you know, you move it around with the move the the VT around with your controller. But yeah, and then there were sort of some different swipe gestures to like hit different knobs and switches while you're while you're like just steering and shooting and stuff with the gamepad. It was one of the few games that that actually did the hybrid. Yeah. Connect controller (laughs) combo, but it was bad. It was it just didn't work.
1: Most, it was a bad game. It was the experience most of the time, I think. Sadly. I think, you know, games that utilized the Kinect really well were, you know, Dance Central. In, yeah, case in point, Kinetic games. Yes. Right? Where uh-huh. you had Dance Central or yeah. damn, even Connectimals.
0: Uh, the Gunstringer. I, so I never played that, but I wow. heard good things. Super about good. It. Yeah. Yeah, Twisted Pixel.
1: But um, I'm so glad. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad we're past the sort of gimmicky. Phase of motion control. Me too. Um, even like the PlayStation. Oh, the drumsticks. The wand. What the hell are the, they called? The Move. The Move. Yeah. And PlayStation Move. The Connect. Um, I mean, the Wii did it right, right? You have a gyroscope and and uh, accelerometer in there. Gyroscope and accelerometer. I was there. thinking, I was trying to think of a joke, but I couldn't. You corrected yourself. Gyroscope. Before I could get it. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have a gyroscope and you have an accelerometer in the controller, and you know all their games are based off it in a simple way that works. So uh, they did it right, and I'm so glad we don't have these weird peripherals staring at you while yeah. you sleep anymore. Both
0: yeah. Xbox and playstation just just doubled down on the core gaming experience which is great yep anyway gears 5 9.0 we didn't average the scores was that is that what that's where that's where we came from i'm I'm, I'm bringing us back okay back on on the path but no, i you know i i felt the campaign was super great but not quite amazing but the overall package the, the 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 total game yes i'm willing to say i think it's amazing i think it's just a a fantastic package and a uh, great job by the the whole coalition team. I mean, it's, I cannot wait to see. We're going to, we're going to, we'll talk more. Actually, I'm going to stop there because we'll talk more on the spoiler cast yeah. next week. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Uh, next up, top selling games of August. Let me guess. Madden. Nailed it. Everybody and, but here's, here's what's interesting. <laughs> what I think is interesting, there's a couple, unique points of the the NPD top 10 sales figures this month. First is that Madden is the top seller every year. I mean every just, year yeah. except this year it came out in July and it was the number one selling game in July. They moved Madden's release date up and this NPD to me explains why they moved the release date up, which was probably by the way hell on the developers. Oh for sure. Cuz they they instead of having their usual effectively 9 months to because you got you have like pre-production and then there's certification testing and then you're just done so it's yeah. not you don't actually develop I mean you do but you've got to ship something in about effectively nine months.
1: Well, I mean they start working on design docs for the next year Madden before That's true. It even
0: ships. So That's true.
1: Pre-production goes you know right. well well before the release of the previous right. year but yeah i mean but they had
0: one le- this year they that had is a
1: truncated one less development month
0: like yeah because they they put it out okay. in july but now it makes sense why it's because july is dead so they automatically get a ton of sales in okay. july and turns out i mean august is mostly dead other than we had some cool games like control at the end sure. but, but, but you that's, know madden's I mean, got effectively a, an extra month of uncontested you know, triple a game sales. So yeah. And they get, they
1: they get organic marketing when preseason kicks off in the NFL, which is July,
0: right? July and August, the end of, I guess mini camps and stuff are,
1: yeah, are July. I can't can't remember when the actual, the first week was, but um, well, let's see, we're in week two now of September. So yeah, it would have been the very beginning of August or the last week of July. Yeah. um, But yeah, so that's like another natural marketing milestone that they don't have to pay for though. I'm Mm -hmm. sure they do. I'm sure there's some sort of NFL tie in, um, through commercials with the NFL Players Association or something, yeah, but so uh, it's it's smart. It's Madden.
0: Smart. Madden rolls on, uh, and then rounding out the top ten. Well, the 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 other surprise is number two. Is it Minecraft?
1: <laughs> I feel like but, this this is just the perpetual game. That but it is. But, it, but the thing
0: is, it's Skyrim. It's just interesting. Jump to to number two out of nowhere. To my knowledge, Minecraft hasn't made any like significant.
1: Uh, new changes or... It hasn't, but a lot of streamers have started to adopt it. Um, oh, really? PewDiePie has just started playing Minecraft. Oh, okay, I mean... After like 10 years of fans asking him to play Minecraft, mm-hmm. I don't know what changed, but um, there's been some sort of... There's been a, a resurgence of Minecraft in the influencer community, okay, which well, could probably account for... The
0: yeah, price. I mean, that can definitely help fuel sales. So, yeah, Minecraft continues. You know, I, I wonder if... And I'm being like totally literally has the minecraft ip purchase recouped its paid off? paid off yet for microsoft what was it it was 2 like billion a, it was a 2 or 2.5 uh, i don't think
1: but i wonder if it's i doubt yet because i mean if you're just going for the purchase price and not the development on the ip afterward still probably no because the the the, the Telltale Minecraft IP game, uh, you know that didn't do so hot. You have Minecraft Dungeons coming up, which yep. I actually played at Gamescom, and it's it's really oh, good. It's really fun. Miranda liked it too. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it feels like like baby's first Diablo in a really I, in, a, in a really yeah. good endearing way. I'm super I'm not, fine with. I'm that. not besmirching the Minecraft Dungeons yeah. experience. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so much so that I might actually pick it up and play with some friends. But and
0: there's been rumors of a Minecraft feature length film In, at some if, point. I don't know if it's years, if it's right. yeah if it's actually going to happen. But that yeah. could if it if that takes off, that alone could <laughs> could almost pay for for the Minecraft IP purchase. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a been a good pickup. And and to their credit, Microsoft has managed
1: minecraft smartly since they took it over absolutely not not walling it off and closing it down right exactly like they still support every console and they're they're doing it
0: right and not implementing you know silly changes like a well you're now it requires a subscription yeah. or it's this or it's that so i think i think we can is look it, at it's not part of game pass is it it should be it's a first party i'm not 100 sure i don't know
1: either but, it, but i don't so i go through my game pass list probably once a week and I don't remember seeing Minecraft on there. Let me check.
0: That would be a little bit of a surprise if it wasn't to me, but... um, Well, we'll
1: have the answer in a second.
0: But I guess the point I want to make while we're, again, veering off on a a slight tangent is... is,
1: It is Game Pass. It is,
0: okay. Uh, Is that I think for people that may be concerned about all these new studios that Microsoft bought and is, oh, is Microsoft going to just EA these things and ruin them, uh, these studios... I think we can look at Minecraft as another Ocean. fairly recent acquisition, and and you can look. Hey, no, Microsoft has let them be and yeah, they're and fairly independent. And, yeah, yeah, they have not meddled or, or ruined Minecraft in any way, shape, or form. So
1: I'm curious to see sort of. Well, we know Ninja Theory is doing Bleeding Edge next. Yes, they've got something else in the works. Wasn't
0: there? Wasn't there Alpha supposed to be out? Did that happen? I, I feel like I they had said at E3 it was happening at the end of August, and I...
1: Maybe it came I in... I think it came in when. Oh. <laughs> we'll have to check in on I'm that I'm not one. sure. Yeah, I mean, speaking out of turn, because I'm not 100% sure, but... Maybe it happened during Gamescom, and we were I remember just... the gameplay team doing capture of it. All right, I'll check later. But, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I... suffice it to say, like, I'm not super interested in that. Um, I don't know about you, but... Uh, it just didn't really grab me. I'm, I'm, I still love Ninja Theory as a developer, but that hasn't grabbed me. But there is something to be said for you know them just doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: So and they've got another project going as well, they yeah, they told us on stage. Hey, we have another thing too. So don't
1: worry, <laughs> don't worry. Um, but yeah, so many studios now. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see sort of what the guiding hand of Microsoft does. Hopefully, yeah. it just continues to provide support rather than right. Well,
0: the nice part, we've got a front row seat to one of them. You know, it's a double fine, literally four, three or four blocks from here, three and a half blocks away. Yeah. We'll just uh, we'll be able to sort of keep tabs on them and see if things turn corporate and soulless. Something, something tells me as
1: long as Tim Schaefer <laughs> is involved in anything, you're going to be okay. I, I think you're probably
0: right. Uh, okay, we are running out of time. Let me skip ahead. Um, just a quick mention, project resistance that the 4V1 – Resident Evil uh, tease, teaser from a week or so ago. Yeah, that was announced. We got to go see it and play it. Uh, Brendan Gray played it, and Matt Kim played it, and they're both. They both seem to think it. They were pretty impressed, and it's so. It is uh, it takes place on the outskirts of Raccoon City, and it is sort of similar in the function to Friday the Thirteenth, Dead by Daylight. It right. is you know four v one. So you've got the four player co op, and then. As the teaser trailer had indicated, Mister X is yeah the the villain sort of throwing all the switches and trying to trying
1: to stop. So are you like the dungeon master, effectively? Okay, yeah. you're not actually Mister X walking through like pummeling places. You might be, <clears throat> cool. yeah. We'll see. But um,
0: there is a beta for that closed beta October fourth to October seventh. Sign up right now the window to sign up is <laughs> is Stop. pause this video well it's it, it, the window to sign up ends thursday the 19th Oh, okay so uh go on the official project resistance website so if you look that up yeah. you can get in on that but that's a cool idea though i mean it's it's for that series is it's exactly mean. fable what fable legends was doing except in the resident evil universe yeah and and you know
1: i don't know <laughs> i don't uh... I think this will end better than Fable Legends. Well, it has to. Yeah. Like, there's there's not a lower bar. Um, but I, I think if any series could adapt this really well, like Resident Evil is one. And,
0: and that's the thing that was part of, for me. That was part of what frustrated me a little bit with Fable Legends was like, oh, this just doesn't. I wrote a preview about it. It's still on IGN. It didn't f- feel like Fable to me. Yeah. It sort of. I, in fact, my preview I think was titled "Fable Legends Forgets What Made Fable Great." And it sort of, and I detailed sort of everything it did, and and from what we've seen and and heard about Project Resistance here, it still very much retains the Resident the feel. Evil feel and the core of it. Yeah. So um, that's,
1: I mean, that that series has enough clout to really pull this off. I think. Yes. I mean, what are the two things you need? You need a cool environment to load up with traps that your players can run around, and you need engaging bad guys. You've got mansions, police stations, sewer systems, hospitals, prisons. Arctic research bases like you've got all these cool locales that Resident Evil has gone to before and you've got Mr. X and Nemesis yeah. and uh Weskers and you know it checks all the boxes. Yes, I think this yes. does really well, and there's a big community for those games, so I'm sure they're probably trying to dip into that. Of course, it's, it does well.
0: It's a heck of a time to have a closed beta when in the right in the heart of <laughs> the new game season, the fall Dude, season. Get it out of the way just now. Embarrassment of riches of if video. If you go games.
1: any later than the end of September, you're a fool. Ooh. Yeah,
0: but it is just a closed beta, so presumably the final release will I would I would imagine will come in early 2020. Much in the same way, I mean, Resident Evil so. 2 Remake this year came out in February, I yeah. believe. So I wonder if they'll be aiming
1: for that same early early in the year
0: window that, that seemed to serve them well.
1: I imagine so, especially... A lot of these 4v1 communities are PC-based, so mm-hmm. I imagine they want to get the hot new thing for PC folks. and Not solely PC-based, but I imagine they want to get it out before the new console stuff starts yeah. dropping. Yeah. Attention Good is call. pulled away from the PC.
0: All right, last item up for bids on The Price is Right this week <clears throat> is the Game Awards. Hey. Come on down. Uh, yes, the Game Awards will return Speaking this of. year. December 12th. Mark your calendars there. Interestingly, for Xbox fans, it's taking place at the aforementioned Microsoft Theater at LA Live right downtown there next to the LA Convention Center. So that is the very same place that Microsoft has held their last couple of Xbox E3s. And hopefully then, that means that Microsoft will have some announcements and have some fun stuff to show at the Game Awards, and they're not just... Hosting the house party, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so, <laughs> like here, uh, did you Did you pause. hear the the hamster? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think what this means is that they needed a theater, and Microsoft has one. Uh, but you'd be you'd be crazy to think they're not wheeling and dealing in some degree. I don't think that means Microsoft has something awesome to show. I think that means that contractually Microsoft will get a certain amount of airtime to publicize their stuff maybe however i could see a sneak preview of scarlet coming out you think it. so i don't think so i think i think it'll be another one of those like 60 60- 90 second sizzle sexy trailer reels where it's just like most powerful console ever made makes cappuccino does your laundry, you know, like, like, wow, this of, sounds great. One of those. Yeah. My dryer just broke. This sounds awesome. Puts your kids to bed with a cradling <laughs> soft hand. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I imagine they get X amount of time just right off the top for hosting the event. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure they get paid for using the theater as well, but, uh, I, I imagine seeing we maybe get a little Halo Infinite or. Yeah, you're more optimistic. Maybe a little Scarlet. I'm not expecting anything substantial, but I could definitely see Jeff Keighley standing up there saying, and now we have a look at the next Halo game from 343 Studios. And it's a behind the scenes of developers talking with. 30, 20 seconds of new gameplay interspliced between cinematic stuff that we've already I mean, seen. I like your optimism, but
0: this you know yeah. we <laughs> I have I have frustratingly said on this show that I mean really by and large Microsoft has barely shown up at, at the game awards the last couple of years, whereas Nintendo and Sony well, what do they have, have had, to had cool show announcements. Up with? Uh, well I think I like your I like where your head's at with you think we might see a Scarlet teaser, we might see Halo. I think that's way too high of a ceiling. I'm going to be more pessimistic again, just given what how they've treated how Microsoft has treated the Game
1: Awards in the past. Right. If you, well, I think I know what you're going to say. I I, I think, haven't looked at your notes either. Okay.
0: So. Good. I, I think uh, uh, it's reasonable to see like a new gameplay trailer from Ori Two. That's what I thought you were going to yeah, say. Yeah. I, I think that because it's as far as I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. The last, I, I don't think we're going to hear about any Scarlet games mm-hmm. until Scarlet's officially announced, which is not going to happen. Probably not going to happen yeah. unless Microsoft drops a nuke at the Game Awards, which I doubt.
1: Well, they already they already did like the the next console right trailer, which is I think probably in bounds for the Game Awards.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying I I think you know there are obviously a ton of projects in the works, first party and third party, right. For Scarlet, but I don't think any of them will be really announced and really showcased until the the console is, mm-hmm. until that cat's out of the bag. Oh yeah, I don't. So, they're not
1: going to reveal software before right.
0: hardware is done. So I I don't or think not. we'll see any more Halo. Um, and the, the uh, what I was starting to get at was, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the only the last two non Scarlet projects. First party mm-hmm. are Ori 2 and we, you said it earlier, Dungeon. Minecraft Dungeons. I don't think there are any other, okay, oh, you know what, Psychonauts 2, now that they've bought, uh, yeah, but although that's that's actually, that's coming out for PS4 Similarly as well to like the, the
1: In Exile acquisition. Right, I guess and, Wasteland and Obsidian, 3. And Outer so, Worlds. Yeah, new, like first party. Bleeding, bleeding
0: Edge. Okay, yeah, that's a good, that, that counts, you're right, that one counts. But there just aren't many. No. Um, there aren't many, and I, and I I would be very happily surprised, but I would be pretty surprised if there's any next-gen stuff from Microsoft at, at the Game
1: Awards. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man, because like, think back two years, Metro Prime 4, we got a logo, no release date, right? no console specifics.
0: Microsoft's shown no interest in in doing those kinds of That's things. why they're in third place. Well, it's not why it's, it's, it's not helped,
1: (laughs) but I don't know. I, there's a lot that you can do with smoke and mirrors and uh, we've, we've seen that from Sony's Sony's work. Sony's had five games, you know, five major games that they have marketed for a few years, four years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's, they've, but they've made it work with great when they do show those off. Yes. They have great demos that get
1: everybody super fired up except for death stranding. (laughs)
0: Where that's more of a head scratcher. Than a-
1: <laughs> but yeah, you saw Ghost of Tsushima <clears throat> take, take 2. two. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Call Andrew Goldfarb, get yeah. him to correct. You take 2. Uh, <laughs> we saw that 2 years ago, right? It's gone yeah, to sense. That's true. Um they've since acquired some, you know, been just building that, acquiring talent with Andrew Goldfarb who's now, you know, vital the, head of the studio. And instrumental <laughs> to that development process. Um but, you know, you you saw that. You, we got Death Stranding before they even had yeah. an engine. So I would not put it... I would hopefully not put it past <laughs> Microsoft to... Put in that fairy tale music, and then do a flyover of a magical British countryside. But we've been saying that for like the I last. We, I
0: know. We keep hoping that happens, and eventually it will. How eventually. many
1: E3s did we predict? <laughs> New Halo. <laughs> and last year we finally were able to check like, that box. I seriously think we've said that
0: exact thing about a fable teaser yeah. for the last two E3s. And it it has yet to happen. Welcome to Albion. <laughs> you know it it'll eventually happen. It will eventually be
1: right. Dang it! The broken clock's right twice a day. But here's the thing it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see Microsoft come out with a BTS of uh, the tech team at at Microsoft headquarters talking about how there are 12 teraflops and. 92 gigarons and 48 <laughs> Schmeckles included in this, their next console. It will be the most powerful console ever made on the planet. And it'll, it, it, you know, it'll run a spaceship if you want it to. That is totally in bounds to me. In addition to games that are not announced for whatever Scarlet is, um, officially, mm-hmm. but that we know are in development. Like yeah. Halo was announced. We know right. Halo infinite is a thing. It would not surprise me if we see a little bit of that at the game awards. I would love to see a teaser for a game we know is in development.
0: I gonna. all right, I will, based on what you're saying, I'm going to raise my ceiling of expectations. I'm not saying this will happen. I'm saying that I think the best case scenario, maybe Keeley convinces Microsoft to announce the inevitable Forza Motorsport 8 on stage at the game, which, you know, super pretty next-gen cars, or, you know, gorgeous car game. We all know it's coming, but... Well, they took a year off, right? They
1: did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Motorsport, Horizon, year off, Motorsport. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all know it's coming.
0: And it would show well, right? It would be a very
1: gorgeous. Would it though? Because Microsoft's, one of their main critiques from E3 is that if you like racers. I'm just saying. And you like online persistent (laughs) cooperative worlds. Well, Horizon is
0: arguably the prettier game because it's... The 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 locales a bit more yeah. varied and exotic, whereas is, mo- I mean motorsports a hardcore closed circuit track racer, yeah, and that's what it's super good at, yeah. and it's it's really good at that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: but Double no, I, okay,
0: so that that's that's I'm um, that's what I'm raising my
1: ceiling to. I, I love don't- that you're like yeah, this is like the doomsday clock, and you're getting a little closer <laughs> to midnight. Yeah, when we, when, you know, like when the when the bombs go off is when Scarlet is announced, right? right? So, um, all right. Well, well, that's, we'll see. that's always a good show though.
0: It is. No, Keely's done a fantastic job. He again, really it's, has. It's gotten better every year. You know, he's, he's responded, uh, positively to the, to constructive feedback. It's, um, the pacing of it's really gotten a, a ton better. And the, uh, the run of show, the time has, has it's,
1: he's done, he does. I mean, it's, Was it wasn't, wasn't last year, December, wasn't it like 90 minutes I I think so. Yeah. And then year before it was like two hours.
0: Yeah. It had been pretty long. And so, no, it's, he does a great job with it and it's, it's really hard. I mean, it's part of my job here is to convince developers and publishers to give us exclusive things, whether it's revealing a game in the, I mean, I guess Darksiders three. We revealed that last year. That yeah. was like one of, probably one of our last big reveals.
1: But we revealed you know, quite a few things. Yeah, we, and, we, we did some cool exclusives at Gamescom. We revealed that Project White game, right?
0: Uh, and and so I'm just saying porn. it's I I know because
1: it's that it's what Jeff does is it's a very, very high
0: degree of difficulty,
1: and you would be amazed how many emails go into yeah. convincing somebody, a lot to, of phone calls. to give that you their baby, uh, yeah. and then trust you enough to. To handle that exactly, responsibly exactly. So, so it's yeah, a, it's, it's a big ask. It's a, it's gonna should be a good show again
0: this year because it's gotten better every year and it's a, it's you know it's great one last year, December twelfth. Mark your calendars. Done. All right, we actually have to hit the road here Are we over time? because uh yeah we've we've had a little extra time budgeted in the uh, the studio schedule, but we've got another another shoot coming in here plus. With just me and you, it's not worth trivia. Just give you the, point. Or, just give me just the give point. me the point.
1: You want the point? Well, I've I've been like, beg me for the point. <laughs> I have never begged for anything in my life. Uh, please, Ryan, I need the point so bad. Beg for it. Beg um, for the point. Actually, I don't know this one. So let's let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> table it, til <laughs> next, table til next it next until till next week. Like,
0: Tell everybody's back. We got a good loot box question that we've had saved up for a couple I, of weeks, too. So. I honestly
1: don't, because I think all four of these people died. <laughs> well, and with that teaser, yeah. people are like, what the heck is this question? Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, they, not the president. They, they are all dead. Yes, they're, they are died a long time ago. The question is, which face <laughs> on an American piece of currency is still living in a bunker underground? <laughs> Whoa. The answer may what surprise you. Yeah, <laughs> is this BuzzFeed now?
0: What's It's actually going Pocahontas.
1: Uh, Pocahontas. Uh, huh. All right. Okay, well, let's, it's Sacagawea, not Pocahontas. <laughs> the Sacagawea dollar? Right. Yeah. That was hilarious. right whole coin, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah the, it was part of like the hundredth centennial or yeah, something.
0: Yeah, those are cool. You get you you could you would get those from the Caltrain
1: mm-hmm. uh, for a while and then they yeah. went out of circulation or yeah. something. It's a bummer. they really would like the Susan B. Anthony's coins, yes. yeah yeah. Okay. Welcome to Coin Talk. <laughs> we we
0: we covered yeah we, we covered a lot of ground. We didn't even sports video games sports yeah American we, currency we, we somehow didn't talk about thoughts
1: on the two dollar bill right
0: <laughs> <laughs> I still got one somewhere yeah. you know it's funny I, I think a lot of p- people our age we are fascinated Wait, by the two dollar bill how dare you <laughs> fascinated by the two dollar bill as right. kids
1: yeah i know as a kid, i was always like whoa a two dollar well because they made they made seven of them and then right. they got circulated and when you found one it was like you remember those uh um, the uh not blow pops but the other ones the tootsie uh, tootsie pops with the tootsie roll in the center y- yeah how but,
0: many licks does it take to get to the tootsie roll center of a tootsie r- Pop? right but there was that lunch only one
1: Right. There was that, <laughs> uh, that marketing campaign that went on on the rapper. There was, a, there was an, a Native American shooting a bow and arrow at a star. And if your rapper had that star, you could send it in. And then they, oh, I don't they, remember would, this they well. would send you uh, Tootsie Pops. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there was this cool, like, urban legend marketing campaign going on. Um, and I was really, not
0: paying close enough attention to yeah, my Tootsie Pops. I guess, I
1: guess not. But yeah. So it's sort of like that. All
0: right. Uh, Stay tuned after the commercial break. We'll give our in-depth review of Metallica's S&M 2 performance.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think we have another hour. Yeah, no, we're we're not doing that to say, it was fun. It was as you can a tremendous. Seats were amazing. As you could see on our Twitter accounts. Which <laughs> I, it, speaking of, we, try
0: not to flex very often. But that was what it was just like. Look at look at what happened. It was
1: it was just just a once in a lifetime it was kind just of scenario. Providence, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, you like you you are a uh, Metallica fan club.
0: Uh, no, you just got them through like Ticketmaster member, right? Yeah. Oh,
1: I thought you were going through like the fifth, the fifth member. I don't think so. because I was on like I'm a Chase card holder, so I and it was at the Chase Center, right. so I was going on that line. But we just it we just lucked out. I think we got it 30 seconds after they opened. Yeah, and just
0: just got lucky. Which yeah, never happens with Ticketmaster. Once in a lifetime, the event. bots always get lucky. The humans don't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and then there's a 700 percent markup on. <laughs> Pub. That's another, how, how is ticket
0: not a monopoly that we're regulating and breaking up? It's gross.
1: Uh, I don't know. Cause maybe it's going to take Metallica. They got Napster, So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lars really showed them. <laughs> yeah, sure did. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, Brandon promote anything, your Twitter handle, whatever Just you find want
1: me do. on Twitter and see some of those pictures of us making fools of ourselves at a concert, <laughs> uh, at Brandon Tyrell on Twitter. Um, yeah, just a bunch of behind-the-scenes work this week. Got some cool stuff coming up, but that's it for me.
0: Well, fantastic. You can find me on Twitter, at DMC Ryan. In fact, there, let's see here. What is it? You got the button? button? Yeah, there we go. There There's our Twitter handles, if you're watching on video. Didn't even see. Make it make it happen there. At uh, DMC underscore Ryan for me. Um, I reviewed... Well, not reviewed, sorry. I got to go to Apple. Uh, and did I talk about this on last week's show? Anyway, they've got... They're the Apple Arcade service. I'll just say this real quick yeah. because uh, this is relevant to. I'm going to make this relevant for the Xbox crowd. You know, they're launching Apple Arcade, which is their five dollar per month gaming subscription service. They're hand they're hand curating all the games. The games have no ads and no gross predatory microtransactions, and the, some of the stuff they showed off looked was I played them and they were really good. And the point is. It actually reminded me a lot of Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, like just these hand-curated, really good, creative—you know—sort of mostly smaller-scale games. Sure. There was a uh, Shinsekai, this game called Shinsekai from uh, Capcom. It's underwater sea exploration game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a yeah. lot to
1: like. Uh, Sneaky Sasquatch, which yes. is one of my favorite game names yeah. ever. Uh,
0: and if you it, Hitman, if you love Hitman Go as I do. There's a game coming, Apple Arcade uh, launching on the service with it this week called Where Cards Fall. It's it's set up very. It's a puzzle game with sort of a similar structure but different mechanics. Yeah, really like that a lot. So five bucks a month and and uh, so if you're an Apple person like and you kind of long for the days of Xbox Live Arcade, whereas now you know nothing against ID at Xbox. A lot of good stuff comes out of it, but it's it's very much all just kind of dumped out constantly yeah. there's
1: no real filter for it it's it's their their third party sort of development system
0: effectively right so yeah
1: or and, um, sorry distribution system so like you have to use that service so if you know
0: if apple can keep curating good stuff as they have here at the the beginning of it five bucks a month uh there's gonna be some some good video games so anyway i wrote some yeah. hands-on impressions and you and i shot we, a video about a it conversation so you can look it. that up on youtube or ign but otherwise uh i'm just doing my thing
1: yeah just living life yeah you know trying to
0: trying to live my best life trying to do it of uh, for brennan tyrell hey i'm ryan mccaffrey this was unlocked for my goodness 411 411 the the 411 on all things xbox this week right here how did i miss that at the That's beginning Why he the gets show? the big
1: bucks folks <laughs> thank you for tuning in
0: uh let's see here where is my music let's get <laughs> out of here we will see you guys next week bye no. <laughs>